0: You're listening to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington podcast. Take a moment to center yourself in the space
1: and enjoy this week's sermon. Today's reading is entitled Shoveling Snow with Buddha by the poet Billy Collins in the usual iconog- iconography of the temple or the local walk you would never see him doing such a thing tossing the dry snow over a mountain of his bare round shoulder his hair tied in a knot a model of concentration sitting is more his speed if that is the word for what he does or does not do even the season is wrong for him in all his manifestations is it not warm or slightly humid is this not implied by his serene expression that smile so wide it wraps itself around the waist of the universe but here we are working our way down the driveway one shovelful at a time We toss the light powder into the clear air. We feel the cool mist on our faces. And with every heave, we disappear and become lost to each other in these sudden clouds of our own making. These fountain bursts of snow. This is so much better than a sermon in church, I say out loud. But Buddha keeps on shoveling. This is the true religion, the religion of snow, the sunlight and winter geese barking in the sky, I say, but he's too busy to hear me. He has thrown himself into shoveling snow as if, as if it were the purpose of existence, as if the sign of a perfect life were a clear driveway you could back the car down easily and drive off into the vanities of the world with a broken heater fan and a song on the radio. All morning long we work side by side me with my commentary and he inside his generous pocket of silence until the hour is nearly noon and the snow is piled high all around us, then I hear him speak. After this, he says, can we go inside and play cards certainly I reply and I will heat some milk. And bring cups of hot chocolate to the table while you shuffle the deck and our boots stand dripping by the door ah says the buddha lifting his eyes and leaning for a moment on his shovel before he drives the thin blade again deep into the glittering white snow that was shoveling snow with the buddha from the poet billy collins
0: Today, I want to talk about your life. First, a story. There was once, many ages ago, a small gray parrot. She was nothing much to look at. She was the smallest of her clutch. Her feathers were not a variety of gray shades, but just one shade of gray. If you blinked, you'd miss her. If you were paying steadfast attention, you'd probably miss her still. She flew here and there, and despite her ordinariness, she was quite content with life. She had many friends and loved ones. She loved the forest she lived in. None of the other parrots or animals ever asked much of her, and that was okay. Life was good. One day, the gray parrot was flying home to her forest. It was a clear, bright day, except for a dark patch of clouds ahead of her. Rising out of the forest. She had never seen anything like it. She flew closer. The dark clouds started to surround her. She now knew what was going on. The forest was on fire. Her forest was on fire. She circled round and round, wondering how this happened. In a clearing just below her, she saw a group of animals animals she knew and loved. They were surrounded by the fire, and it kept getting closer and closer. Her friends below did not have much longer. The smoke became too unbearable and the gray parrot flew away. She felt absolutely helpless. What on earth could she do in the face of something so destructive and widespread? The parrot was about to give in to despair. Then it came to her. She thought of a way to free her friends. It had to work. Yes, this was it. She flew down to a nearby river and soaked her feathers. She flew back, diving closer to the fire. The heat was searing and it was hard to breathe. She shook out her feathers, just a few little droplets falling into the flames. She went back to the river, soaked her feathers again and again and again. She filled up a cup-shaped leaf and flew it over again and again. She lost track of how many times the fires kept growing closer to her friends. The parrot's feathers were getting charred. Her claws were cracking against the heat. Her eyes were burning red as coals. Still she fought. Still she tried. The fires grew closer. Now, high above in the mysterious heavens, the gods looked down upon the gray parrot. They laughed at her. And they laughed. And they laughed and laughed. Look how foolish this little bird is, they remarked. Look how she fights and rises against the inevitable. They kept laughing and still she kept flying, kept trying to put out the flames. Now one of the gods took pity on her. This god transformed into an eagle, flew down and told her, it's hopeless, go find a new home time to leave the forest, time to go mourn your friends. The parrot wouldn't listen, and she kept bringing the droplets of water. This eagle-shaped god was overwhelmed by the parrot's selflessness and began to weep. Tears upon tears upon tears falling to the earth, extinguishing the flames. They also fell on the parrot, healing her feathers and claws in transforming her, as red as the fire she she sought to extinguish, as blue as the river she brought water from, as green as the forest she called home, as yellow as the sun on what was once again a glorious day. Now, I promised you I'd talk about your life today. The story is about you. When have you tried and tried and tried against insurmountable odds? When have you been fiercely determined, selfless? When has life transformed you despite its harsher moments? Where are you in this story? Are you the small gray parrot? The animals surrounded by fire? Maybe you're the forest, the river, the droplets, the gods laughing, the eagle weeping. This story comes to us from a collection of stories called the Jataka Tales. They're ancient stories. They show up in Indian art as early as the second century BCE and are likely older. (laughs) Older than many of the stories that are dominant in our culture today. The The Jataka tales are curious stories. They mostly tell little fables about the Buddha in the Buddha's past lives. They always lift up a virtue He's often an animal or a supernatural being. And in the case of the one we just heard, he was a parrot and facing insurmountable odds. They are in many ways a Buddhist book of virtues and there's roughly 550 of them. Now it's hard to have a favorite, but this one about a small but mighty parrot comes close. And as Buddhists around the world just celebrated an oft forgotten December holiday, as you heard earlier known as Rohatsu or Bodhi Day, and Rohatsu just means the eighth day, right? It feels right to lift up at least one of the Jataka tales for us this morning. Every year Unitarian Universalists pause to acknowledge all of these festivals of light, but this one gets left out quite often. It's a very understated holiday. It's quietly celebrated, often with a full evening of meditation followed by breaking the evening fast with rice pudding. First thing the Buddha ate after his enlightenment. Now, I would say that this day, this Bodhi day, awakening day, deserves a place in our acknowledgments, if for no other reason than its simplicity. There, under a giant fig tree, the Buddha saw the morning star, the planet Venus, and was awakened to life. I had the great joy to pause, to acknowledge Rohatsu yesterday, all day, with the Zendo that I'm a part of. A couple of you were there. Together, we awakened each a morning star on the Panola Ridge, the beginning of the mountains in Appalachia. The story of the parrot was on my mind, and it's been with me. It's been with me in countless ways. When I worry about climate change, I wonder how I can extinguish those fires. When I see governments across the world increasingly barrel toward autocracy, including our own, still I wonder how I can extinguish those fires. When I see suffering that many of you experience in your life, let alone everything around us and across the world, yeah, I wonder about putting out those fires, too. And the gods laugh, but still I try, still we try. Still, this story has something to tell us because we're not just here to talk about parrots. <laughs> we're here to talk about our lives and our shared life as a congregation. You know, I've been on this soapbox just a little bit in the past, but Buddhism in the West can often get sanitized into a passionless mediocrity or sunshiny bliss. But this story... If you let yourself feel it, it tells you the real deal. Can you feel the feathers getting charred? When has your life been like that? The claws cracking. When has your life been like that? The eyes burning red hot with determination. When has your life been like that? And life can also be compassion, selflessness, a healing rain, a job well done, joy, contentment, all of the in between. When has your life been like that? If there's one lesson we Unitarian Universalists can hold from Rohatsu, from Bodhi Day, it's that Buddhism asks us to wake up to the totality of our lives. There's a great quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson that captures this Emerson, the accidental Buddhist. He writes, Nothing is at last sacred but the integrity of your own mind. Absolve you to yourself, and you shall have the suffrage of the world. That's it. That's the lesson. That's the gray parrot, by all appearances a plain, ordinary bird, but so reconciled to her life, of course she would give herself over to what she loves. But what of the eagle, you might wonder? What of the lone god that takes pity on the parrot, who was so moved by her selflessness that the fires were extinguished? Now, if we take the story literally, the gods aren't much to write home about. (laughs) But for me, I see that eagle, that lone god, as hope itself. Hope is the thing with feathers, Dickinson reminds us. Now there's something that that's missing from this story, though. And these stories aren't meant to be taken on their own. They're wisdom stories that illustrate an entire body of teachings, not just a single teaching. So here's another Jataka tale for us this morning. It goes like this. Thus have I heard, as all good Buddhist stories begin. Once there was a golden deer so radiant was this deer the king commanded the hunters of the kingdom to capture it for him so he might have it for himself now this golden deer was proud he was after all quite handsome all of the other deer admired his golden fur and antlers how they sparkled he was pretty sure the hunters would never find him now one day as the herd stopped for a drink The golden deer heard a snap. He yelled in pain and looked down. A hunter's trap had caught his leg. He tried to pull out of it, the trap just got tighter. He tried again, it dug into his skin. He yelled for the herd, leave me. The hunter would be back soon, save yourselves. But the herd said no, they would stay. The hunter arrived and much to the hunter's delight, they saw that they caught several deer, not just one. Only one was in the trap, though. How peculiar. The hunter knocked an arrow anyway. And then the deer spoke, as animals often do in these stories. Much to the hunter's shock. The deer said they would not leave the golden deer, for he was family. The hunter was moved to compassion, released the golden deer, mended his leg, and set him free. Most of these stories go like this, short little wisdom tales. But here we see a companion to the story of the gray parrot, community. We are not alone in this. We are not alone so long as we have community of care and support. In Buddhism, it's called the Sangha, and it's so much more than a group of people just being silent for hours. It goes deep, and everyone is welcomed as they are. I'd ask what we could learn as Unitarian Universalists from these examples, but it's kind of right there for us. It's right there. And it's really about our lives, our daily living, our living as individuals, in families, in community, and so on. And life can be hard. We know that happiness is never guaranteed. Sometimes it feels like only the bittersweet or worse. And I'm not going to lie to anyone about the promise of these stories. They both have joyful endings, right? but they also require a journey into the unknown. And it can often be painful, a journey that can feel hopeless, a journey that can make us feel like we're destined to lose. And yet, and yet, hope always visits us in some way. Maybe not to quench a fire, maybe it's just for something simple and quiet. And communities of care are there for us to be present when life ensnares us. The story of the Buddha is often told as if he was on his own entirely. No, everywhere he went, even when he nearly starved himself to death, there was also a return to community, if not a community already present. And even in his awakening, he sought community. Now, I wholeheartedly believe that the prophets and wise people that can show us the way are all like this. Their teachings never ask us to surrender our integrity. They believe hope always shows up when we least expect it, and they always encourage us to seek out friends for the journey. So where is your life in all of this? Ask yourself that question. See what comes up. In the poem we heard earlier from Billy Collins, shoveling snow with the Buddha. I think we can catch a glimpse of what we do with all of this. Billy was busy spouting his opinions to the Buddha. Ah, yes, shoveling snow is better than any church sermon. Thank you, Billy Collins. (laughs) But the Buddha just kept shoveling, fully immersed in the moment. And when it's done, they played cards, drank hot cocoa, immersed in those moments too. Life has a loveliness to it. It also has hard work and exertion and all of the heart-wrenching moments, too. But I trust in this community of hope, in companions for the journey ahead. And in that trust, I hold on to this idea, this hope, this notion that no matter what our lives are like now, We can feel held and supported here in community. I don't want anything other than that for my life or for our shared life in this place, for all those we advocate for, for the service that we're called to in this world of ours. And so when you see a little gray parrot, think of compassionate determination. When you see a deer, think of the power of community. And when the time comes to shovel snow or when Kentucky melt ice, immerse yourself in life. The message is simple. We are not alone. Happy and blessed, Rohatsu, to all of you. Blessed be. Amen.
1: I hope you've enjoyed this week's
0: podcast. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.ucl.org, where you can find more information about our grounds, staff, and upcoming events. You can also subscribe to our e-news there and learn about our virtual service offerings. We'll see you next week.